The Voyage of the August, presented by the Electric Light Collective. Being an account of the good ship August and her voyage from the docks at Boston to what fate befell her at sea. Episode 8, Independence. Sophia! Mother! I, I didn't mean to wake you. Even if I had been asleep, I surely couldn't have remained that way. Not with you tiptoeing around the cabin like some sort of amateur cut purse. Mother, what do you suppose they will do with us? Whatever do you mean? The crew, having mutineered and overthrown law and order in favour of piracy and crime, must surely find our continued presence inconvenient. Or perhaps not. I suppose your father would op- offer up some sum, if pressed for ransom, to secure your release at least. Mother, are you feeling all right? I could fetch Dr. Deisler. Don't treat me like a child, Sophia. I am well aware of what transpired. I find it unlikely that they will actually ransom us given the distance and the risk. No, they are more likely to slit our throats and leave us to the abyss, wouldn't you say? Mother, the Um, the men! Am I wrong? Am I mistaken? Has there not been a violent overthrow of the captain? There has. But you're no more danger than you were when Captain Blackwell was in command. Mr. Maddox, Captain Maddox. Trusting that sort of man is always folly. We are planning to leave the passengers on San Miguel with the Portuguese safe and sound. You will be back in Boston and comfortably ensconced in our townhouse soon enough. My dear, I fear you are vastly overestimating the ease and safety of such a journey from the Azores to Boston. At least several stops will be necessary between here and there. You do love your own dry wit, don't you, Mother? One of the few qualities we both share. Mother, you realise that after this day, it is a small chance indeed that you will ever see me again. You'll be finally rid of me. God be praised. I'm being serious. The sea is a dangerous place and we both of us may die before we make a return to Boston or England. I do not wish our farewell to be insincere. Sophia, child, do you truly mean to become a fugitive of the law and join the crew of this ship? Yes, Mother, I do. Then there is nobody I still wish to say goodbye to. You have sealed your fate and your death. Don't say that. It is true. It is the tragic plight of womankind to be something of a whole population of automatons, merely pretty bodies with the soul of a person caged inside. If you smother the cage with enough beautiful cloth in order to decrease the crying of the bird inside, there will come a day when that bird cannot cry at all, and indeed never will again. Don't speak to me in metaphors, please. You, on the other hand, 
have committed a different kind of death. You have opened the door of the cage and let the bird escape, and now it will also die, just as surely as if you had taken a knife to its singing throat. All I see left of you is the fading prettiness of an empty cage. We are both of us not long for this world. You... The laudanum has corrupted your mind. I will tolerate no more of this. Are you well, Sophia? You look a bit pale. Not to worry, Douglas. Merely a touch of faintness. The sun and the sea will fix me soon enough. I thought you were going to fetch pants. Oh, I... I uh, couldn't find anything suitable. I'll fetch you a pair of mine. We're about the same size. That would do very well, Jamie. Thank you. Well, after you've got Jamie's pants on, you'd best keep your wits about you up in the rigging. It may look calm down here, but the winds aloft are a sight crueler. Aloft? Aye, all the way through the cat hole into the crow's nest. Fair warning, Mr. Lawrence. I believe the last thing I climbed was an apple tree on the estate of my childhood. Well, you're a strong lass, and the rigging is nothing more than a great spider web of rope to hold on to. As I remember, it's mostly the strength of your mind that's required to scale the master first time, and I believe you have that particular quality in spades. Thank you, Jamie, for fetching pants. Hi, Cecil. Now the ratlins down here, they're not so bad. What is it? I would speak with you, Maddox. You've lost no time turning this place into your own, I see. Miss Montague... P- please, Maddox. Or may I call you Robert? That is your given name, is it not? I think you may call me Sylvia, given the circumstances. Miss Montague, might I ask what brings you here? I know what kind of man you are. Excuse me? I feel a certain duty to be honest, since no one else on this ship is willing. Perhaps they do not see it yet, but outside the boundaries of the rules, of what is neat and clean and expected, your sort of facade wears far more quickly, Robert. I see in you a cruel heart, an ambitious one, one who does not truly rest easy until the power is in his hands. Miss Montague, I insist I insist you listen to me, Robert, and dispense with the veneers. Miss Montague this, Miss Montague that. There's no use clinging to civility when all it does is allow you to pretend you wouldn't kill me if it were more convenient. You are the sort of man who corrupts those around you. If Sophia does as she insists, she will. If she stays, you will corrupt her as well. Perhaps your conscience could bear that. But could your self-image? <laughs> you think I could corrupt Sophia? Sophia is naive, enamored with the sea, and entirely unaware of how the few choices she is allowed will come to weigh on her. Sophia is just as corrupted as I, or Leon, or any of us. And far smarter than you give her credit. What did you expect when it is obvious that I did more of the job of raising her than you or old Montague ever did? And so be it. Sophia was never a burden I chose to carry in the first place. What use is a daughter in, in this world when my husband already has his golden child at the sun? Our dignity as women is all we have left after men like you take of us until we are barren. Is that a pun you just made, Sylvia? If you refuse to engage me as a peer, 
There will be no end to the misery I can visit upon your pathetic, grasping life. I don't think you're in much of a position to be making threats, miss. Then kill me, you prideful worm, if you have the guts. It does not matter to me if I die by your hand, or another's, or my own. Do you really care so little for living in this world? What do you hope to gain here? Merely some manner of control, stability, justice perhaps, if the opportunity presents itself. We'll be leaving you off at the Azaris once we make anchor. There's a colony of Portuguese on the island of São Miguel. You should be able to find passage back to England and eventually Boston. Your fate will be your own, for a time. Dare we presume any of our fates are really our own? Fates our own or not, I have nothing more to say to you. And are you? We'll be ashore within the hour. Be ready to leave this ship and never return. Very well. Sylvia leads the cabin, cold and imperious. Outside, it is a gentle, sunny day of unbelievable purity, with nothing but a soft wind disturbing the surface of the tropical water. Cecil sits in the forecastle, picking at a half-finished scrimshaw without any great dedication as Douglas and Sophia swing about in the rigging a hundred feet above. Over the sounds of the sea, they can be heard laughing and yelling. So I'll have you to thank if my offspring falls and breaks her neck on the deck of this wretched ship. I think you'll find that my supervision, or lack thereof, will have no bearing on Sophia's fate. If she is strong and wants it badly enough, she will have a life with us on the August. And I'm inclined to believe she meets those requirements a hundred times over. You forget that you did not have to be strong or want this life badly enough to be welcomed into it. What do you have to say to that? You are not a happy woman, Mrs. Montague. You have not been happy for a very long time. And yet, you are of sound body, of quick mind, of full purse, and of full family. Few among us can claim such blessings, and fewer still can claim to have the freedom of the sort of choice presented to you here. If you wish to join us, you need only want it, and we would find a place for you in our ranks. You assume much, Mr. Lawrence. You assume much, and you know very little of the choices that I have had to make, the lengths that I have gone. I believe that I know more than you might think, Mrs. Montague. Pray tell me how you might come to know of a life like mine. I know of a life like yours because it was the one I was raised in, as a young lass to a rich merchant family in fair Ireland. As a girl? Yes. And yet, you are now a man. Indeed, I am. I apologize for my hasty words. Hasty words do not bother me, Mrs. Montague. I have endured enough unhasty words in this life to assure you there's little you could say or do that would compare. And this was your choice, to live as a man? I found womanhood rather confining and an ill fit for a soul like mine. Are there other people like you? I wager there are those like me who choose to live as they desire and seek to forget their past life entirely. There are also those who pass through identities like so many doors, taking on those different aspects which most benefit them. What might come easily to one as a woman one week may come more easily to a man the next. So, in that way, one might capitalize on the advantages of each sex without remaining confined by their pitfalls. I see you're warming to this idea. I would presume to say I understand it's a lure, Mr. Lawrence. That is all. 
I had no expectations, Mrs. Montague. I wish only to assure you that I indeed have a great deal of respect for you, the same as I would for a fellow sailor. We all of us have our particular battles. I appreciate your candor. I know I have not made myself an ally to you precisely, but you may rest assured that I will not betray your confidences. You have given me a great deal to consider. Undoubtedly. Keep her safe, Mr. Lawrence. Sylvia turns without waiting for Cecil to answer and walks back towards the lower deck hatch. As she crosses the deck of the August, she stops and puts her hand on the railing. She gazes over the side of the ship into the blue belly of the tropical ocean. She stands, transfixed. Do us any harm, and we'll all hang on to 